Welcome to the World Impact Ministries Sermon of the Week with today's message by Pastor Beverly Rayfeld. As we were preparing for today, there was there was a passage of scripture that the Lord gave me and I could not get away from it and I'm like, well this is not this is not the typical theological east um, but but there's just a different way that the Lord really gave me um, the message to minister this morning. And so I want you to go to Hebrews, first of all. Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm going to go right in, right in verse 1. That's where I'm going to start. And I'm not going to go much further than that. In the Passion Translation, this scripture reads like this. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses, um, Hebrews 11 had just talked about, it was the hall of faith is what they call it. And all these people who had um, just endured so much in life and, and it had gone through the account of all of these Old Testament um, men of God who, who just stood in places that others wouldn't. And it says, as for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and this sin that we so easily fall into, then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has been already marked out before us. And, and that's in the Passion Translation. In the NIV, it says, since we were, are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the, th- the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand, right at the right hand and the right throne, the throne of God. And so where we ended on Good Friday was it is finished. That's where we ended in the Good Friday service that it is finished. And we come together every year, this time of year, and we talk about how it is finished. But I want you to understand the fullness of what that meant for every single one of us. See, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, I'm going to go back. See, Resurrection Sunday, we're only supposed to talk about the stone being rolled away. But if you do not emphasize and understand the reason why he did what he did, then the stone being rolled away and Jesus being raised does not mean a whole lot. And so I'm hoping that this morning that we lose some of our religion. That's what I want us to do. I want to see us lose some of our religion this Resurrection Sunday. You know, we talk about theology and I can go and get a really theological message to give you. But do you know that Jesus was perfect in his theology? Jesus is perfect theology. So Jesus had a very clear view of what lay ahead of him. He used two metaphors on his way to the cross to drink the cup and to be baptized. He talked about drinking the cup and drinking the cup meant to partake fully in the event that was about to happen. And to be baptized meant the same thing, to be immersed fully in the event of what was going to happen. In Mark 10, 38, he said, can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to be baptized with? And in Luke 22:42, 42, 
Jesus said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup. Remove this event that I'm about to step into. Take this from me. Yet not my will but yours be done. And so he went fully to the cross, fully embracing everything that it meant for him. And it says that he despised it. He he despised it. It made no difference to him. He made no record of the scorn and the shame and the humiliation that there was waiting for him. He endured it. He scorned the shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So that's where his position is now. The cross in all of its horror. The place of execution and in its redemptive power to bear the sins of the world. My sin, your sin, whatever it is that has tripped you up, whatever it is that has marked you for life, whatever it is that you think, even though you are in church, you're going to struggle with this thing for the rest of your life. All of this for, for us who left the church for years and years because I didn't feel like I belonged in the church because I just couldn't get it right. His struggle in the garden was the climax, the point at which he surrendered ultimately to the will of the Father. And now, today, that cup has been drunk The baptism has been completed and it is finished. See, but I want you to look at what it is finished means. John 19, 28. I want you to turn there because this this entire passage right here states it so well. It is clear the message that that he's trying to make it known here. It repeats one single idea. Completion, fulfillment, finished. So when Jesus was on the cross, in John 19, verse 28, it says, Later, knowing that all was now completed, he drunk the cup. And so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. And when you go to, to verse 30, it says, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. But I want to tell you something. We look at it is finished. It's completed. It's finished. It's accomplished. But when I began to study that out, there's a Greek word that is represented there. And the Greek word might not mean much to you, and it didn't mean much to me until I looked it up. And the Greek word is tetelestai. It is finished. But not only that, this Greek word means that it's come to an end and it's over. It's over, you all. The price has been paid fully. But not only that, this Greek word is in the perfect tense in the Greek. And in the perfect tense, it signifies not only past action, but that the effect of which continues in the present right now. It has been completed on the cross, and 2,000 years later, it is still completed. The cry of it is finished 
went out 2,000 years ago, and it is still crying out today to remind us it is finished. In the, I, I want, th- this is where I wanted to take you because in the last couple of centuries, scholars have found thousands of scraps of, of paper from the days of Jesus with Greek writing on them. And many of these mundane, they're business documents, accounting documents. And many of these mundane documents, they have found this very word, tetelestai. The experts, those educated in the New Testament Greek, observed that receipts are often introduced by the phrase tetelestai, usually written in an abbreviated manner, indicating that the bill has been paid in full. When Jesus hung on that cross and he cried out the words, it is finished, he was saying, I've paid it in full for today in a hundred years, in 2,000 years, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you're living in right now. I don't care what sin you can't seem to shake free from. I've already paid it. I paid it in that moment, and that payment is still effective right now. When a bill has been paid in full, there's a stamp that goes across it. It's paid in full. And so I want to go back for a moment to Hebrews 1, 12, verse 1. You guys come with me because you're going to help me minister here. That word witness in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, does not mean an observer doesn't mean someone just looking and witnessing something. It means a person with a testimony. It means a person that was there, a person that received, a person that changed, a person that experienced. It's not just looking. It's not an observer. Witness, an active participant. Eric, can you turn up Kelsey, please? I need, I want the ministry, there's a ministry of the Holy Spirit that weaves back and forth with the word. And as we speak, do you know that music is a part of that? The Holy Spirit will weave in and out because these two, they know how to play prophetically. And we need that this morning. And so that's what I'm here for today. I am that witness. I am that witness to the grace of God. I'm not an observer. You're not going to find me in church observing because I've been changed by the grace of God. I can't just observe. going to testify to the unending grace of Jesus Christ. Many of you know bits and pieces of my story, bits and pieces of my history, a past that was marked by trauma, abuse, sin upon sin upon sin upon sin, rebellion upon rebellion upon rebellion upon rebellion. I was ruined. 
there was nothing left here for me to live for anymore. Nothing. From a young age, I began to look for those things that would satisfy this gnawing need in me for someone to love me. And I looked high and low. I went everywhere you could go. I went from man to man to man to man, relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. And in my early 20s, I found myself pregnant expecting a child that I had not planned for. And that was my first visit to an abortion clinic to take the life of my first child. And so sin upon sin upon sin upon sin, rebellion upon rebellion, amazing thing that happened was after that I had people that began to minister the love of Jesus to me and you know what I wound up going to a church and going to an altar and committing my life to Christ on a Sunday morning and I was so in love with Jesus and I was walking with him and I was praying and in November of 1993 I was baptized and it was the most amazing thing that I had ever had ever experienced this new life And in February of 1994, January 1994, I found myself back out at the bars, drinking again, engaged to be married to this this man right here. And yet in an alcohol-induced stupor, I found myself waking up the next morning in bed with someone else. This is the plain truth of the woman that stands in this pulpit every single Sunday morning. And I knew when I woke up that morning that I had nailed the final nail in my coffin. There was no reason for me to be here anymore because I had destroyed everything good in my life. This this Jesus who had loved me and gave his life for me, I had received him and now I had condemned him back to a place of silence in my life. And I once again found myself pregnant for a second time. And this time, I went without any hesitation and made my second trip to the abortion clinic. Because you see, the church that I was raised in said that when you turn and start walking with Jesus, he'll start walking with you. And what I realized is I didn't have what it took to walk with Jesus. I didn't have what it took to walk with him. But see, that's what I was raised in. If you do this, Beverly, then he'll do that. me. That bound me. That was not the message of the cross. The message of the cross was, Beverly, your debt's been paid in full. And see, I had to start losing my religion because after that second abortion, there was nothing left for me to live for. 
My assumption was that the grace of God was only going to reach those who had already repented and turned to him. I underestimated the grace of God. I underestimated the paid in full price that he had paid for me. Because of my religious upbringing, I had always had the the focus that I was out of his reach because I didn't even want him anymore. But then the grace of God came along and said, no, how about my reach? What about my reach? He reached me right where I was when I didn't even want him. When I had no use for him, he reached me right where I was. God's grace was not there when I deserved it. God's grace was there when I needed it. God's grace reached beyond my stuff. Before I knew him, he died for me, according to Romans 5.8. He reached beyond my addictions. He's reached beyond my sin. He's reached beyond where I lived. He reached beyond everything and came and he got me. That's the message of the cross. So I would come into church like this once a year with David's family. And I wouldn't participate in communion or I I wouldn't because I did not feel worthy. And see, we can come and we can rejoice and we need to rejoice. But do we understand what we're rejoicing over? See, when you see me rejoicing, do you know why I'm rejoicing? Because my debt has been paid in full. What I did is no longer held in account against me. That's why I am walking free. And I want you to know that everyone that you are believing for, those places that will not give to this point, those places that you have not been able to have breakthrough, those places that there's not been healing that has come, those places where the enemy has hindered, do you understand? It's been paid in full. It's done. You can't pay a price that's already been paid for you. every drug addiction, every pornography addiction, every place of deficit in our lives, it's been paid in full. That's the true message of the cross. Everyone that we are standing in faith for and everyone we're believing for, we need to start treating them and walking with them like the debt has been paid in full. Do you know that people don't need to remind, be reminded what a mess their lives are in? Do you know that we already know it? Do you know that I, when I would see bumper stickers that said, God hates sin, do you know that I knew that he hated sin and I was the epitome of it and I knew that God hated me? I didn't need to hear another message on how God hated sin. I needed to hear someone tell me that my debt was paid in full when I was laying on the abortionist table. So when we come to this place of taking the bread and drinking the cup, 
Can we lose our religion in this, you guys, this morning? Can we in our brokenness, no matter where we're at, know that our debt has been paid in full? Can we stand in a place of faith? Come on, Pastor Wayne. Can we stand in a place of faith that no matter what has lied behind us, no matter what our present situation, and no matter what is ahead of us, that that price has been paid in full and that hope was resurrected. Not just a hope of a barely getting by, but a hope that is eternal, is never changing. I don't care the depression. I don't care the anxiety. I don't care the addiction. I don't care where it is you're going. I don't care if you're headed fully in the 100% in the wrong direction. I will never underestimate the grace of God again. I am still growing in this. But I'm telling you, I will not preach another message, Gabe. There's only one message that I know how to preach, and that is how much God loves you. No matter where you want to go in life. And I mean that in the best of ways. Because there's something locked up in you that he's after. And he loves you so deeply. Every single one of you, every single one of you, the grace of God has been underestimated by the church for years. The words are ringing out from 2,000 years ago. The word of God says that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And so when you see me jumping around in that front row, it's because I have lived it. I have been delivered and my, my debt has been paid in full and I've been freed. And see, some of us have spent too much time in church is what's happened. And you can look at your kids and we can look at the people around us that are struggling. And Jesus is saying, lose your religion. Lose your religion. For more information about this or other media resources, please visit our website at world-impactministries.com. Thanks for listening to this Sermon of the Week. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by this message.